Salutations to all the nations. Welcome to the DD Fuego Show, hosted by the prettiest podcaster of all time, the ultimate optimist, the man with boyish charm and dashing good looks, me, Darius D. And if you're new here, wondering and inquiring, what does Fuego mean? You're asking yourself, what does it mean? Now, here is the fact of the matter. It means fire in Spanish. And if you were returning this in there, thank you for coming back once more. Okay, it's a very special month. It is officially Black History Month, one of my favorite months of the year, other than September, because that's the month I am born in, or I was born in. And to me, growing up in elementary school, we did celebrate it quite a bit. In high school, we did celebrate it as well. But there's a lot of people that don't get highlighted and there's so many other black people whether it be in america whether it be in canada whether it be in the uk or wherever else they are from has contributed to the black community extensively but do not get recognized as a in the public light or should i say in the public light as they ought to so for the remaining of the month i'm going to dedicate one episode to people who i looked up not look up to but people who i admire a little bit for what they've done for the black community and why they deserve to be highlighted more so that is what I'm going to do for the remainder of, of this month. Just want to thank you guys also for bringing me to 50 episodes, continuing to do so. Um, I'll continue to put out this content for you guys. I have no problems doing it. And I thank God for giving me the energy, the tenacity, and the intelligence to do so. So all glory goes to him. All the mistakes are mine. So... We're gonna go through what we usually do. Now, being that it is February the 4th, 2019. Circa 2019. The word of the day is a verb, and that verb is condone. Condone, and the definition thereof is to guard or treat something bad or blameworthy as acceptable, forgivable, or even harmless. So you can put that in your daily discussions, in your mental lexicon, your vernacular, okay? And you can express these words in your daily conversation. For the most part, I do believe that a lot of you guys know this word, but sometimes we don't use it correctly. And other times, we do not use it often, even. So that is the word of the day is condone this is the d d frigo show also i forgot to ask you guys uh, make sure you make a good review for the show if you want to see the show prosper on apple itunes you can do so and five star please yeah five star and also share this with your family and friends make sure you subscribe to this podcast whether it be on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcast or google play music or soundcloud all right 
please do that. Thank you very much. This is the DD Fuego Show, and we will be right back. So today we are talking about Malcolm X. Now, Malcolm X was actually born in Omaha, Nebraska. So technically he would be considered a farm boy, more or less. And he was born May 19th, 1925, 25th. And he died on February 21st, 1965 in New York, New York. So what's interesting about Malcolm X now, he has a book that's been out for a I would like to say a quarter of a century and it's his autobiography. So if you want to read that, you can also, you can watch Spike Lee's movie starting Denzel came out around over 30 years ago, quarter of a decade. So that book would probably be more fulfilling than watching the movie. But if you don't like to read, then watch the movie It's really good. Spike Lee is one of my favorite directors and movie creators ever. And uh, Denzel, obviously, is Denzel. He's he's a goat to me. So make sure if you have time, watch that movie. It's very it's very cool. It's pretty long, but then again, how are you gonna cram somebody's life into at least an hour? So it's a relatively long movie. I like to say it's one to three hours. So if you have a Saturday off, or if you have some time, you do watch it. If it's up to your discretion. Now, going back to the topic of high and talking about Malcolm X, whose original name was Malcolm Little, according to the government at hand. Now, he was a member of the Nation of Islam, which would be considered Noi for short term. And he was articulated the concepts of race, pride, and black nationalism. Now, he wasn't the one who coined that. He was one of the ones who perpetuated that idea it originated i like to say amongst those who follow the same cloth as marcus garvey who was originally the person who coined the freedom of pan-africanism saying that we're all black so we all should work together which i would concur is a good statement but what thing that people do not know about malcolm x is he didn't really hate white people. He was just calling them out for what they were doing in that specific period of time. So in retrospect, it would seem as hate, but if you look at what was going on, it was just calling them out. So one thing you guys have to know about Malcolm X is that he, the nature that he has, or he that he had, it was more or less based in his blood because his dad was a Pan-Africanist as well and a preacher, and he was going around to different churches and preaching, obviously, on behalf of the Bible, but he was also preaching for Pan-Africanism, which was the same era as Marcus Garvey, because I think he followed Marcus Garvey as well, and he was preaching a lot, and remind you this, he was in Omaha, Nebraska, and at that time, there was segregation, and people of color were extremely oppressed and murdered. I think 
the hanging rate for lynchings or the rate for lynchings was at an all-time high right after in during the Jim Crow era and because the KKK was really rampant at that time they did not like when people would speak up against what they were doing and they threatened Malcolm's father they threatened him and his family and wanted to put his family in danger wanted to put his family in danger and if you're asking what the name of Malcolm's father was his name was Reverend Earl Little and he was a Baptist minister also what we had to know is that he was so fervent in that teaching of pan-africanism and being a black nationalist and teaching black people that they are better than what society claims them at claims them to be now the kkk was bucking heads with reverend earl little and they set his house on fire but he escaped that and after escaping he goes on and he actually shoots at the kkk now in today's society if someone were to attack you and you shoot at them it would be considered a noble act but this is in the 1930s where a black person couldn't nor shouldn't in the eyes of that society fight back and he did that and then they literally took him up afterwards a couple days later and decided that he should be tied to a train track and they rode over his body with a streetcar leaving his mother Malcolm's mother, his wife, alone to raise up to six to ten children by herself. Struggling, struggling, struggling. Then later on, social workers came into the picture and then actually removed Malcolm and his siblings away from the care of their mother because they said that she was unfit to take care of those children she didn't have that much money, and they were classifying her as mentally ill. So then Malcolm X ended up having to go live in foster care and go to school. He wanted to be a lawyer, and I think, looking back at what he's done in his life, he actually would make an exceptional lawyer. But at that time, they only believed that Black people could, in fact, only have traits, only contribute to trade work and not to say trade work is that bad but at that time they were saying that trade work was more simple and then that the more intelligent work more critical thinking work was better so it was in a more or less way of demeaning them but at the same time saying that you are good for something but you're not good for the high income jobs and he moved there to Michigan state detention home and he had some troubles there the teachers obviously didn't think he was well educated enough he grew old and then he started to work on his own until he moved to boston because he had a whole older half sister there and then yeah and then after that 
he started to become into get involved into criminal activities after he quit his job working on a train. So, yeah, his nickname in that period of time was Detroit Red because he was from Michigan at that time as he moved over to Boston. Then after he moved from Box Boxton, Roxbury or Roxbury to Harlem, New York City. And he was doing his crime, selling drugs. He had a mentor in that drug game that taught him all the ropes and showed him how to hustle and get all that money, so to speak. And then after that, he got sent to prison because he got caught for eight counts on robbery. So he actually served prison in certain prison from 1946 to around 1952. And being that said, it was a harsh time for him. He was actually put in solitary confinement at one point because he was very combative towards that. But lo and behold, one of the members of the Nation of Islam were coaching him up, teaching him the ropes, showing him how to think for himself, to be an educated black man. I think he studied a lot immensely in prison during his prison sentence and continued day and night to stop with the smoking, stop with the gambling, stop with the drugs, stop with the promiscuity and trying to live a mature, holy life because that was what the nation of Islam was teaching him at that time. And because they believe that the last name for a lot of the African-American, African-Canadians were slave names. He removed his name to X because X is a number of the, is a letter in the Greek math, Greek, Greek mathematics as the unknown. So that's what the name that he came up with, I think, either it's him or the honor rule Elijah Muhammad. Then he met Elijah Muhammad and he dubbed him as a minister and actually gave him the opportunity to write for Muhammad speak. And he was in the final and Malcolm X was preaching over all the different temples. I think they call them temples from Islam, I'm not sure. Either temples, I know Greek, no, no, I had temples. And he was going over the the whole country building up temples, going on the news and doing all these things for the sake of Elijah Muhammad's work and educating the black person of their true self, not the propaganda, not the lies that the people in charge of the nation were trying to perpetuate in the mind of black people. So it was really cool to see his mind reframed from a person who was troubled in crime, didn't care about most things that were pure in a sense, had no regard for his well-being in his own life, but he found out that he was wrong for that and then he corrected him and he became a new person. So Malcolm Little was no more and then the birth of Malcolm X began around 1952 
Now, Malcolm X, he was a very passionate person. And a lot of people said he was angry. A lot of people said that he was uh, spiteful. But I think it was just the energy. And it's just the what they got caught up on what he said. They didn't really look at what he said. They looked at how he said it. And I think he was a very respectable, respectable person. His credentials are true. He studied immensely. I think he got his one of his degrees in prison. And just to see a person who was locked up in prison going on these national television shows with these highly educated individuals who know so, knew so much at that time. At that period of time, they knew a lot. And just to see him debate back and forth with them as if he's been in school his whole life is immense. It's amazing to watch. And just the way he was able to articulate his points so eloquently and so full of knowledge and wisdom is amazing to see. And by no means has he took credit for himself. And it's cool to see the positive impact that he was trying to do in his community, trying to get people to stop getting addicted to drugs, to stop being promiscuous, to build up a, a good family. To build up a good family. So he was in charge of temple number seven. And he was also building up different temples across the nations, as I previously mentioned. He has the public persona. So a lot of people knew him as Malcolm X. Most people didn't like him because of the way he talked. As Like I said before, he actually spoke against Martin Luther King and a lot of other people saying that they were Uncle Tom's or they were sellout because... They took the non-violent approach. All he was saying is that if someone is trying to attack or harm you, you have the right to defend yourself. Defend yourself. So he was part of the civil rights movement to a certain degree. He was friends with Muhammad Ali. Actually, he was the one that kind of converted Muhammad Ali over to the Nation of Islam before Muhammad Ali was just Cassius Clay and he was just a Christian. And he had... Uh, more or less a perfect bit of articulation. Splash that with a little charismatic personality. And he had some good arguments to present as well. But he was just expressing the pent-up anger and frustrations that a lot of the African-Americans were having during that time. And so to speak, it was warranted. Also, he spoke at a lot of the most prestigious Ivy League schools as well. And he went overseas to speak at the universities, University of Oxford, as well as one of the Ivy schools, as I mentioned, Harvard University. He had very much great intellect. He knew what he was talking about. But like I said, he had some issues with MLK. And yeah... Kind of like I was mentioning earlier this week about civil discourse. They have the same goal in mind, but it's just which way was right. But that was at the earlier part of his career. I would like to say from 1956 to 65. So there was a lot of that going into that frustration until he ended up leaving the nation of Islam. 
because of conflicts between um, him and Elijah Muhammad because of what Elijah Muhammad did in regards to having uh, these teenage girls or whatever. And he didn't agree with that because he felt that they should be moral leaders and that they should present themselves because they're saying this and then on the other hand, they're doing something that would be considered immoral. So he ended up leaving that or some people would say he was kicked out. Anyways, a lot of the ministers were envious of him because he was highlighted so much. And Muhammad, Elijah Muhammad, end up liking him more than the other ones. So they end up having a different political direction of where the nation wanted to go. And partially, a key point where I have to make known is that JFK... After he got assassinated in 1963, one of the problems was that Malcolm X commented on that in a rather negative way. If you watch the movie, you'll see what he said. If you read some of what he of what he said during the press conferences and whatnot, you would kind of see it wasn't the best thing to say. So he was on a 90 days period of silence but a lot of the times you could see that they were gonna he was gonna leave anyways off Malcolm X because he's just the the climate that was happening at that time it wasn't the best and it would slow down it would slow down uh the progress that the nation wanted anyways because there's a conflict internal conflict so he ended up founding his own Muslim mosque, and it was only for those who were not a part of the nation of Islam because they didn't want, he didn't want to be affiliated with them anymore, and they didn't want to be affiliated with him either. So then he went to a pilgrimage to Mecca that same year after starting that new Muslim mosque in New York. And he actually changed his beliefs, not saying that all black, all white people were naturally evil and didn't want people to be separatists anymore. So, but he always said that his ideas of those things was because it was taught to him by the nation of Islam. It was taught to him by Elijah Muhammad. It was Elijah Muhammad's ideas ideologies that was bestowed upon malcolm x and he was his spokesperson and it goes to show you that he believed it because at the end of the day you got to look at it in this way elijah muhammad was the one that changed malcolm x anyways so he believed everything he said and he was very malcolm x was very loyal to elijah muhammad so that separatist ideology ideology that he was being taught to by the nation of Islam. He just went with it and he believed it. And he, at that time, it looked correct to him until he went to Mecca and then he realized it was white Muslims and they weren't evil. But he said to judge every man according to their acts. So he said that there were good people and there were bad people, just like there were good black people and there's bad black people and vice versa for the white people as well.
so he renounces that separatist beliefs, which is why most people did not like or do not like to speak of him that much and don't agree with him that much because of what he was, what he used to say in regards to the separation as well, because he was prompting it for that. But he always said that Muhammad Allah Asia says thus and so. So it was ne necessarily Malcolm speaking for Malcolm, but it was Malcolm speaking on behalf of Elijah Muhammad, but he also believed that as well because it was taught to him. But later on after Mecca, then he realized, okay, maybe I should reassess this. Maybe I should talk to the United Nations. Maybe I should see what is going on on the other side because at the climate, he had this double consciousness, him as an American and him as a black man in America. So there's two different things. That's a topic about W.E.B. Du Bois, and I'll talk about him in a couple of weeks, but you can see why he would think that in that period of time in America. But when he went outside of America and saw different types of people, he realized that he was a little bit misguided in that no on that notion. So then he ended up going towards still being about making black people prominent in America. He was still about encouraging black people in America and teaching them about the knowledge of themselves and trying to uplift them in a time of oppression and just giving them basic human and civil rights. So he changed his way of thinking and he started believing and having his own thoughts, his own ideas. And his wife, in case you guys didn't know, his Betty. And they had around, I need to say five to six children, no, six daughters in his life, in his lifetime. And if you look at all of his speeches, and unfortunately, he died during a lecture in Harlem. Now, a lot of people speculate that it would have been the Nation of Islam. Some people say it's the government. Some people even say it's both. As far as we know, um, they, they're leaning towards the Nation of Islam. But I could see someone saying that they're hand in hand because they did, a lot of the Nation of Islam, because they even reportedly say that uh, the Nation of Islam actually set his house on fire with his kids in it, but they all escaped. And if I felt really bad for Betty because he died in 1965, leaving her with six daughters. But Betty is a trooper and a very strong lady because she ended up getting her MD, I believe, while nurturing six daughters on her own. So it goes to show you that perseverance is a good thing. Malcolm was assassinated, like I said, on February on February 21st, 1965. So that is what happened. And he was probably the most prolific person in the decades of the 50s and the 60s as a young man who came from Omaha, Nebraska, never had a father, was stripped away from his mother, 
and became a well-spoken, educated activist, teacher, learner, and all overall a good father and a husband as well. So it's good to see that. Malcolm X. Hopefully you guys learned something new today about Malcolm X. Some things that you didn't know. Sometimes he's portrayed as a bad person. But he's created so much. He helped the nation of Islam. He did his own thing. Taught us different ideas. Helped us as black people to not think less of ourselves. But to say that every man should be treated fair and equal. You can see the growth in his life as a criminal to a member to a founder and then to a, just an overall amazing person especially if you listen to his speeches and how he would present his topics and ideas and how he would handle and carry himself it shows me what a great individual he was and truly was and i'm gonna play a couple of some of his interviews just for you to truly understand why I admire Malcolm X. Personality. It was not uh, the statement that uh, originally was gave given by the movement when I, when we split. More personality than anything else. You've called people like Martin Luther King, who just got a Nobel Peace Prize, uh, an Uncle Tom. Is this correct? First. Well, I'd rather say that uh, in the States, there's a law that has recently been passed or a decision handed down by the court wherein if you call someone an Uncle Tom, they can sue you for libel. Well, so I never refer to uh, them as Uncle Tom. I would say that Uncle Martin is my friend. Uncle Martin is your friend, yet you would disagree with his uh, approach to what he wants to accomplish. Definitely. If his approach would bring about uh, what the black man in America needs to completely eliminate the problem that we have, I would say well and good. But I very much doubt that uh, anyone who uh, adopts the approach that Martin Luther King has been teaching to our people in that country can point to any meaningful gains that has actually served to solve the problem. Black Muslims uh, have sometimes, whether you have or not, and I think probably you have, have sometimes, it seemed to me, been preaching hate to meet hate. Uh, I don't advocate any kind of hate. But there's a lot that, of talk that sounds very much like it. No, I think that the guilt complex of the American white man is so profound until when you begin to analyze the real condition of the black man in America, instead of the American white man eliminating the causes that create that condition, he tries to cover it up by accusing his accusers of teaching hate. But actually, they're just exposing him for being responsible for what exists. Well, that's, that's uh, something of, of an argument. But I've heard speeches made by some of the people of your group. I think I've heard you make speeches. It seemed to me that you were advocating uh, what I would have to describe, I think, as violence to meet the serious injuries that have been done your people, with which I totally agree. I don't call that violence. Uh, I don't in any way encourage black people to go out and initiate acts of aggression indiscriminately against whites. But I do believe that the black man in the... And here's another one. Stop. Never mind. All right. So we're going to talk about the quotes that I found that I subscribe to as well. 
So one of them is this, which I found, which is pretty cool. And I kind of subscribe to it as well. And it is actually this one. A man curses because he doesn't have the words to say what's on his mind. So I think that one is pretty cool in regards to you don't necessarily need to curse every second. But if you can find other words that you can articulate your point without being vulgar. So I agree with that one. And another one he said in an interview to... Alex Haley, and it was this. I know that societies have often killed people who have helped to change those societies. And I've, I die, if I can die, having brought a new light, having exposed the meaningful truth that will help destroy the racist cancer that is malignant in the body of America, then all of the credit is due to Allah. Only the mistakes are mine. So that's one of the quotes that I look at, it was really powerful because he was willing to sacrifice his own life for the future generations of black people who will come into America. And especially this part where he was saying, um, if he can bring, if I can die, having brought any light, having exposed any meaningful truth that will help destroy the racist cancer that is malignant in the body of America, and all of the credit is due to Allah, only the mistakes are mine. Which, in his words, would be saying, all of the good things that would come out of this would be due to God, and all of the mistakes that would be ever make, that I would ever make in my life, is mine. But I use it for the same thing in regards to Christ. I say, all glory goes to God, but only the mistakes are mine. So, those are a couple of the quotes that I like from Malcolm X that he has spoken over his lifetime. And actually, I'll read a few more. He said that stumbling is not failing, which is very true. There is no better than adversity. Every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss contains its seed, its own lesson on how to improve your performance. Another one is that they put your mind right in a bag and take it wherever they want. So he's basically in that quote saying that your mind shouldn't be open. I mean, not that your mind shouldn't be open, but you shouldn't allow people to take your mind so easily. And then another one is a man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. Most of you guys have heard that outside of that, of Malcolm X and... Here's the last one. I'll sum it up right here. A race of people is like an individual man. Unless it uses its own talent, takes pride in its own history, expresses its own culture, affirms its own selfhood, it can never fulfill itself. So I'm going to leave it right there in regards to the quotes. I'm hoping and praying that you guys enjoyed this episode. When we will return, I will talk. How about, oh, it will be Wrap It Up DD, where I wrap up and I sum up the show for you. So that will be the conclusion of this episode. So we'll be right back.
Welcome to Wrap It Up DD, where I wrap up and I sum up the show for you for these for thousands. So here we go. We're talking about Malcolm X Day, being that it is Black History Month. So I came to acknowledge a lot of people who don't get the highlight, don't become part of the highlight reel that most of the more prominent ones like MLK or Barack Obama or who's another one? Frederick Douglass is pretty well known. So I'm not going to talk about those guys because we've seen them a lot, but I'm going to talk about the ones that are not as highlighted. A lot of people are scared of these guys. Some are. I wouldn't say a lot. Some of them don't like their ideas, but that's neither here nor there. They did contribute something that was excellent. Actually, what I do recommend is for everybody, regardless of color or creed, hold on. There is a an exhibit in Detroit, and it's a Black History Museum resort, and it's called the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. And I went there this, oh, not this past summer, because it's 2019, oh, sorry, 2018, I went to this museum with my family, and it was very intriguing. It took you on a history trip, literally, going from the origins of Africa all the way to the current America, which we live in to today, or you people in America live in to today. So it was really intriguing. If you are from the States or in that area, recommend, go. You guys probably already know about it. But if you're listening to this voice, this beautiful voice right now, I'm telling you, go, 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 go. Whenever you have the chance, take your family, take your friends and go out there. Charles H. Wright. Museum of African American History. You guys can just search it up on Google and you'll find it. And that'll be pretty much one of the best experiences you guys will have. I guarantee you, you guys will learn something new. You'll learn more in those three hours than you would ever learn just reading a regular book on African American history. Because it's literally taking information from the first peoples who were around in Africa that is documented all the way to where we are today. And it's kind of like a maze. So it hits every point in African-American history. I am willing to go back. And I just hope that if you guys are listening to this podcast right now, that you guys do this. So, but anyways, we're talking about Malcolm X today. And why I think he was important and should be highlighted. I didn't learn about Malcolm X in school period. What? I just took that. Yeah, I just took that in. I didn't learn about uh, Malcolm X period in school. It was because of my uncle. And he had a picture of Malcolm X. And I pointed to him because I'm a very inquisitive person. I'm I'm like, uncle, who is that? And then he explained to me about Malcolm X, and I learned about Malcolm X. And I always thought Malcolm X was a cool individual until I got further information, and I admired him even more of what he did and what he sacrificed for the greater good. So it was really amazing to see that. I think my uncle has a book on him, the autobiography of Malcolm X. I never got to read that yet, as well as... uh, I did a project about him and the Nation of Islam with Muhammad Ali and Louis Farrakhan with one of my homies in the 12th grade. So I have some knowledge on this subject. And to see a young man 
growing up, grew up without his father because he didn't really know his father that well because he was young when he died. Stripped away from his mother, put it into foster care, riddled with crime, put in jail. And most people would die in the jail aspect. They would be crushed and they would have no ambition to do anything else. But it just took that one person to reshape, renew his mind. And then he became the prolific speaker, civil rights activist, teacher that we all know today. And plus, he has some dope clothes as well. Because uh, in the 90s, they all started after the movie was being filmed. A lot of people were wearing the black medallions and the African medallions and the Malcolm X hats and T-shirts and all that stuff. It's probably going to come back soon because there's nothing new under the sun anyway. So it's cool to see that aspect of black history. Hopefully you guys are enjoying this series or will enjoy this series for the continuation of the month of February. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to talk about next week. I want it to be an element of surprise, but you guys do know with one of these weeks, I gave it away already that I will be talking about W.E.B. Du Bois and what he had to contribute to black people. And he, trust me, he did a lot as well. And you'll be surprised with what... Because the reason why I like this is because it gives young black people a chance to see. And the reason why I'm talking about it is because it gives the young people who are black a chance to see that they are able to accomplish these types of things as well. Period. But you, And also, people... It doesn't even have to be black. It's people in general. Because a lot of these guys are coming overcoming oppression, overcoming adversity, and persevering through and not quitting and not laying over I, I think malcolm x was not malcolm x sorry martin luther king was the one who said this and he said a man can only ride your back if it's bent but these young men and young women stood up and said no longer will you guys do this to us we're going to keep marching on we're going to keep persevering and we will accomplish this by any means necessary and just got to end off with malcolm x right there hopefully you guys enjoy this episode i know i said it a lot but i really mean it that's why i keep saying it make sure you share it because if you share it it shows me dd that you do in fact care make sure you leave a good review once again also subscribe so you can be updated so you know when every episode drops okay this is the dd Fuego show don't be lame and ignite your flame. This is your boy, D signing off once again. So just chill. Just chill. Just chill till the next episode.